The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC is brought to you by the Mine Workers Investment Company, your active equity partner. Imagine you're a parent. You've got a child to entertain. It's the school holidays. A gaming console would be a brilliant idea, right? Except what happens when the kids go back to school? Do you really want them to have all that screen time? Or maybe you're into the latest and best gadgets, the best phones, the best tablets. You buy one and they're expensive. But guess what? Six months later, there's a new one on the market. How do you keep up? Enter Rentosa, a product subscription service set to disrupt the way we consume goods. On this episode of The Entrepreneur's Journey, I'm joined by two of Rentosa's co-founders, Avi Ramdani and Mishan Ratan, as well as MIC's Chief Financial Officer, Cynthia Pongweni. We're going to unpack the company's purpose, goals for the future, and how they plan on disrupting an entire industry. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get to know the business. Avi, what is Rentosa? The vision and idea behind Rentosa was ultimately galvanized by the current landscape of South Africa, a situation where the majority of the population, so over 90% of people, don't have access to essential goods on a daily basis. And those essential goods encompass electronic devices like cell phones, like laptops and tablets, as well as appliances, for example, a fridge or a microwave. And in today's world, according to Maslow's hierarchy of need, which states that you just need clothing, shelter, and food to prosper, is no longer the case. In order to live a progressive life and achieve your aspirations and progress the way you want to, you need access to these essential products. And what we had discovered years ago is that due to our history as a country uh, and transitioning into the Rainbow Nation, as well as the landscape with respect to suppliers of these products and the way they had been accessed traditionally, that there was a gaping hole for a lot of people. And it just keeps them stuck in their vicious cycle of poverty and no progress. And so this is why we created Rentosa, a subscription service to open up access to these essential goods so that we can help South Africans prosper in their lives. Mishan, I imagine part of your thinking was so many South Africans are heavily indebted. So many South Africans buy the goods they need to have their homes function on higher purchase contracts that they cannot afford and it just traps them into a debt cycle. 100% true. So, I mean, we've seen over the last two years since COVID, the increase in interest rates was 8.25% increase. You know, South Africans currently are spending around 63 to 66% of their household income servicing debt. Now, if you think about that and you think about the disposable income and the average or median income in this country, you can work the numbers, but what it works out to basically is that you're going to sit with about 7,000 disposable income to do everything you need after that and I don't think anybody can survive like that any longer in this economy with the increasing electricity prices, petrol prices, even transport, you know, like public transport prices increases as well. Now you've got all of these factors that are impacting people. And all of this is people having credit-backed agreements for whatever they have, houses, cars, credit cards, loans, all of these kind of things. And this is putting tremendous pressure on South Africans. We're seeing this happen now even more and more with the rate increases. And as people get under more pressure, you know, they're going to default completely. And then things get really bad for everybody. The way we've looked at it is that we're not credit. We don't think that it's a valuable way to assess people right now, especially for the essential products in their lives. 
because you know the technology cycle that you face with all of these products is is very quick, right? So phones change every year. Even things like appliances, which you traditionally used to have for a long time in your house, those devices now are becoming smart home devices. You know, so technology is a big part of how we looked at it and the cycle of these products. So why should you be stuck with these products? You know, subscription solves that problem for you. You can manage the products in your life depending on what your life stage is and give you the flexibility to change with your lifestyle as well. And also with the emerging technologies and the internet of things, a device or an appliance that you might have bought three, four years ago is quickly going to become irrelevant. We're seeing this now and we, we initially built our appliance subscriptions on sort of a 24-month cycle and that's how we've built our subscriptions based on the product cycle. What we've seen in the last year or two is you know, this growth in smart devices like you're talking about. Even washing machines. I mean, you can, if, you, if your clothes are in your washing machine, you can wash it from another country if you want to. And that technology you're seeing starting to get to a point of 18 months for a new cycle. So it's only going to get faster and faster in this space. Avi, perhaps we're getting ahead of ourselves. What is Rentosa? Rentosa is the first subscription service for products in the world that enables consumers and businesses to access the goods they need in a flexible manner without using a credit methodology and leveraging behavioral analysis and other techniques to propagate adoption of these products throughout initially South Africa and the rest of the world, providing agility to our customers so that they can adapt their lifestyles such that they have the products they need at any point in time. So let's get specific. What's on offer? Well, Vongani Rintosa is a subscription service that enables customers to come onto our platform, have a look at the products we offer, like cell phones or laptops. On the appliance side, we have a range of appliances like microwaves and fridges and the like, as well as home fitness equipment, like a treadmill. And then on the on the baby goods side, if you're a young parent with young uh, babies, you're able to access baby goods such as a stroller, a car seat. And all of these products are really everyday goods that we need. And so by you know coming to our platform and subscribing for these goods, you're able to access these products on flexible terms. Let's talk about how flexible are those terms. What is the minimum I can agree to subscribe to have a product? Anywhere from one month of money all the way up to 24 months. However, it doesn't mean that you're locked into long-term contracts. Our value proposition is giving you flexibility and agility. So at any point in time, if you've got an iPhone 11, you use it for six months, you don't need it anymore, you simply return it to Rentosa and we cancel your subscription. If you need a better device, an iPhone 11 is outdated for you, you need the latest iPhone 14, you can simply swap that out. Give us back your iPhone 11 and we'll give you an iPhone 14 and you can continue on your subscription. Another important point to mention, Mugani, is that all these subscriptions are covered by Rentosa Care, which is a service we offer to all our customers. If the devices or product are damaged, stolen or lost, we simply swap them out with a new product and you continue on your subscription. So I mean, that flexibility is key in today's world. We all have lives that change we have different requirements on a daily basis, and we give you that option with Rentosa. We often use the word disruption. That's what this sounds like. Yes, this is disruption. What we're actually trying to do is change consumer behavior. I think in, in a big thing for South Africans especially is, you know, we love to own everything. You know, we want to own it so we can go, this is mine. Actually, how do you overcome that mindset? So that's the, probably the, the biggest hurdle to achieve, right, is that educating people around the fact that you actually don't need to own this device anymore because we're very aspirational in South Africa, every single one of us. You know, we want the best stuff. We want the nicest phone, the nicest car, the nicest stuff in our home. And, you know, it seems out of reach. So we spend our whole lives trying to, like, chase this thing to own the stuff. What we're trying to do is, is just flip that on its head, really, is that you can still have the best stuff. It doesn't matter what you earn. 
Because really, you just need it for a specific outcome. So how, how, how do you change that? How do you change people's you know, belief in the fact that you don't need to own it? You just need access to these products. And gone are the days where any of us are still using our grandmother's microwave that she gave to our parents <laughs> who gave it to us when we started university. Yeah, 100%. So who are you targeting as your typical consumer? You know, I'll start with something that sounds a bit crazy. Everyone is, is our target consumer, right? Everybody needs a phone, a microwave, a fridge, and this and that and the other, right? So we throw our net really wide. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, you're still a target for who we are. That doesn't mean that we don't, you know, we don't have segments and we don't mind those segments. But in terms of, you know, just what we've created, I think we've created a business that allows us to target everybody, every single person. It doesn't matter if you earn 5,000 rand a month or you earn 100,000, 200,000 rand a month. We have customers like that on our platform. And there's no real differentiation, right? It's not about what you earn and those kind of things any longer. It's about what your real needs are and what you value. And I think that's what how we target everything. It's a complete mind shift in terms of how things have always been understood. As we are sitting here, I'm thinking if you're going through any sudden change in your life for any reason, maybe you're a student living off campus for the first time. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you've got a lot lamaki you didn't plan for. Any number of scenarios mm. and different stages of life, you guys provide an easy solution. How is affordability not a factor? Um, Rentosa's model is premised on opening up access to these essential products. So we have to think differently about how to assess our customer. We're not a credit model. We don't provide debt. What we do is... In our process of acquiring the customer, we look at certain factors that we know contribute to good payment behavior and bad payment behavior. We certainly don't want customers that subscribe for our products and eventually run away with them, don't pay us, and don't return the products to us. So over the last five years, with the data we've amassed, we understand what behavior historically results in a good customer and what results in a bad customer. And it's not credit-related at all. There's many other factors that we look at. Like? the customer's social profile. We use Google Maps to identify where the customer resides. Because often you get customers that want to subscribe for a product and they give us an address and we look in Google Maps and we see a vacant piece of land. So immediately that's a red flag. When it comes to payment behavior, without going into a lot of detail, there's behaviors that we look at in transaction history that are predictors like gambling and betting. Those are negative payment behaviors. People that don't meet their commitments other factors we look at on the positive side is people who say people that subscribe for other subscription services that we have available in South Africa, like a DSTV, a Netflix, a Spotify, a gym membership, and they pay it on time. Those are all good predictive behaviors. So those are some of the examples that I've given you of how we look at things differently and how we've managed to open up access using that model. And talking about opening up access, I imagine part of what it is, is ideally it should free up part of your disposable income for other options that you wouldn't otherwise consider if at the same time you need all of these goods. 100%. So, you know, this flexibility to manage your lifestyle better also has a knock-on effect in terms of your financial situation, right? Because I'll give you one example. You know, during COVID, you know, people took product from us because they needed it, right? We were all scurrying around looking for stuff. And as time went on, the next two, three months, people didn't really know what was happening. 
and retrenchment started happening. And some people that had taken subscriptions were retrenched. And they came, they came to us and they were like, hey, listen, you know, I've got a real problem. I, I can't afford this product anymore. And we were like, well, yeah, this is why we exist. So you've taken, a, so for example, a, a thousand rand subscription. Actually, you know, you can downgrade it. You still need the phone, don't you? Yes, of course I do. So just take a 300 rand subscription. You've got 700 rand now, which you can do other things with. You can use towards school fees. You can save. You can invest. You know, those kind of things. And that's the kind of flexibility and a sort of the knock-on effect of what, what we provide a subscription because it gives you a better way to manage your finances as well in a very like month-to-month basis. So you can make decisions on the fly and it can still work for you. You're never tied down, you know, so you can always look at the positive side of stuff and still have the best products that you need. Uh, in addition to that, because of our pricing of our subscriptions, they're very affordable. They actually free up your cash flow on a monthly basis. They enable you to actually settle all of your other commitments that you have. And for those customers that want to access credit, it improves their credit profile. So those are some of the positives often in terms of subscription. Let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. You started this business off as a group of mates. What inspired it? What made you think that's the gap we're going to close? It didn't start off as, you know, we see a massive problem here. You know, we're going to solve this, you know, and we're going to be the saviors of South African consumers. It started off very simple is that we all knew each other. We grew up in Derbs and uh, we were friends. Avi and I actually sat next to each other in class at some point. And um, we all obviously studied different things and went our own ways. And it got to a point where we had kids and um, we, were also, we were also consumers, you know, at the end of the day. And we were solving a problem for ourselves. We were like, hey, you know, we, we need access to these products. You know, I want a good phone. I want a nice stroller for my child. And it's just, it's just unaffordable, you know, like... I can tell you stories about the amount of money I spent on my child's stuff and it still sits in my garage. It makes me cry every time I look at it, right? So, you know, we thought to ourselves, surely there's a better way for us to access these products. You know, I need it for, you know, a short period of time. So let's try and do this. You know, let's see if we can do it for ourselves. And this is how we started it. And we we were the first customers of our model and um, used it to to access baby products and um, appliances when we went to different parts of the, the country to visit family and those kind of things. And and we said to ourselves, hey, actually, you know, this this is quite interesting. You know, we're solving this problem for ourselves. There's a obviously there was a, a bus- there's a business need and something we can solve. And as we went through that process, and of course the business has evolved from there, we realized that we, we tested and built something to solve a problem for ourselves, which is actually solving a much, much greater problem. And that's when we started to, you know, really double down on it and start evolving the model to where it is right now. And this is sort of the third iteration of the business. That's its subscription. And, and this is the one that, you know, it's got the market fit. And we think that we can scale this across the country as well as the continent and, and through the world as well. What advantages does the offer of subscriptions have over traditional retail models? So traditional retail is, of course, you know, once-off purchase, right? And even though they have maybe e-commerce models, what we've built in terms of subscription and what subscription models do is that we're recurring commerce, right? And the big thing that big retailers are trying to solve right now is, you know, customer churn. And it's hard to do that with a one-source purchase. Using a subscription model, we're able to, you know, retain a lot more customer. You're seeing at least a 24% churn rate in big retailers, you know, and that's increasing in about three years, at 3% a year. If you look at subscription models, when you get to a point of sort of, you know, 500,000, uh, maybe it's dollars in, in you know, um, sort of recurring revenue, you're looking at a maximum of about 6 or 7% churn in your business. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of retailers in this country that, you know, dominate the market. And I think they're also feeling the pinch a little bit. And they're looking for new models. And I think that we could be, you know, this new model that not only disrupts retail, but I think could partner with the retail quite effectively um, to grow and expand. And at the end of the day, give consumers a better, you know, 
model of access. It's a game changer. 100%, we believe so. And we build a relationship with our customers as well through the subscription model versus the traditional retail, which is a once-off purchase. There's no relationship with the customer. Exactly. And uh, yeah, this just drives our proposition and it drives lifestyle for consumers. And it's the idea that you're in a long journey with your customers. Yeah. So we say it's lifestyle, not product. You know, so as your life changes, you've got all the product you need to match your lifestyle. How do they put it in the movies? This is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs> Still to come on The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC. Timing is probably the most important thing when it comes to a business and a startup. You can have the best team and the best idea. The market's not ready for it and the environment's not ready. It's never going to work. The Mindworkers Investment Company is a black-owned investment holding company creating lasting social impact. Since 1995, MIC has invested in diverse sectors creating a sustainable dividend flow to its beneficiary base and expanded access to education and financial inclusion through impact investing. Rentosa is just one great example of how MIC is building a more equitable and sustainable world. Visit www.mic.co.za to learn more. Cynthia, let me bring you into this conversation. You are, of course, from MIC's point of view, uh, if I look at the Kulisani Ventures Fund, what was it about this business that said to you, yes, that's exactly what we're looking for? So when we launched uh, Mick Kulisani Ventures about three years ago, our ideal was to fund black-owned businesses that had high growth potential, that were scalable, and that had founders that we could back in terms of their own experience and their own passion. So when we met uh, Rentosa, we felt that they ticked all the boxes, so to speak. You'll see that the business at the time was high growth and continues to be high growth. When you speak to the founders, you can just hear the passion that they have for their product. And uh, the experience speaks for themselves in terms of how, they, how they've been able to build the business and continue to grow the business from where they are now. We like the fact that the business was scalable and scalability is across many verticals. So it's scalable in terms of the types of customers that they look at. So currently they might be focused on the consumer, but there's nothing that stops that business from moving into B2B or to corporates. We like the fact that they started off with electronics and household goods. They've now moved across to baby goods. They've moved across to fitness goods. They've moved across now to power solutions. Again, that is scalability using the same platform, the same people, and not a significant level of change in terms of the business model. Finally, Bongani, I think the one thing that we really did like about the business is the impact it has. So Rentosa is playing into the theme of access versus ownership in a positive way. And what that does is the man on the street is able to access goods that we predominantly use every day, phones, stoves, baby goods, and so on. They're able to access that in a very flexible way without tying themselves down to long-term contracts or upfront debt. So all of those really we thought were the secret source in terms of the type of entrepreneur that the Mine Workers Investment Company was looking to fund. And of course, that ties in very nicely in terms of your investment goals and your values. It definitely does, Bongani. MIC is a company that was set up predominantly to invest in cash generative assets, the proceeds of which are used to change the lives of mine workers. 
And what you'll find is when we re-looked at our strategy about three years ago, we extended that transformation goal to include the communities we live in and the broader South African context. So when we look at a company like Rentosa, it aligns itself well in terms of our transformation goals, in terms of our impact goals, and in terms of making a difference to the man on the street, being able to access what they should be able to access every day. In a society that's quite consumerist, how important or how attractive was it to you that ultimately this is a business that's about empowerment and inclusion? I think what's important for us when you look at Rentosa is the balance. So when you look at the history of South Africa and when you look at the fact that we would like people to get access to goods and services that they should get access to without being in a situation where they're over-indebted, you'll find that a company like Rentosa strikes that balance very well. So the way in which they provide access without the consumer having to take on debt is a big positive. The way in which they assess the behavior of a consumer before taking them on as a consumer to get a particular good is also important because affordability is something that the company does take into account. So at the end of the day, you've got a good balance of someone being able to access goods, but without putting themselves in a situation where they are over-indebted or in a situation where they're now unable to meet their other financial requirements because of that very same good that they've accessed. Michelle, how did COVID-19 accelerate your journey? 2019, you know, the business was, was growing. We had shifted a little bit. We saw sort of double the revenues monthly. And it was going in a really good direction. And, and because of the data that we amassed, we were like, hey, you know, we need to evolve it a little bit more, do something a little bit different, because it wasn't a subscription model per se at that point. Um, it was more of sort of a storm and sale kind of thing. And we were like, hey, we're not achieving what we wanted to achieve. We need to just do what we really wanted to do. So during that time at the end of 2019, we decided, hey, we're going to go and change this model. We moved into subscription, which was obviously influenced by the growth of subscription models and SaaS businesses within South Africa and Africa over that period. And then we sort of landed on this and we had rebuilt everything and we were ready to go. And then boom, COVID hit. And we thought, oh, this is the end. And I always say this to everybody is that timing is probably the most important thing when it comes to a business and a startup. You can have the best team and the best idea. The market's not ready for it and the environment's not ready. It's never going to work. And I think for all the bad that happened during COVID, we've all you know, went through a lot during that time with family, friends and whatever. Nobody knew what was going on. And they were all looking for, you know, how do I continue with my life? And it just so happened our subscription business was primed at that time and launched. And as it landed in the market, this happened for COVID, people immediately found us going, hey, I need stuff for a short term because everybody was going, I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe three months, maybe two months, maybe it's, it's nothing. You know, I'm going to work at home for a month or so, but I don't have a laptop. I don't have this, I don't have that. There were so many people that had a need for, you know, a short term solution that the business just went hockey stick growth. Because it was that perfect moment where yes, exactly. there was sudden and unexpected change. And as you say, without a lot of certainty about what was to come. And so people needed to pivot, but not commit. Exactly. We say commitment is messy, just rentosa it, right? <laughs> that's how we, you know, we've built our brand. And that's exactly it, right? Is that you, you don't have to commit to the stuff. You know, use it for what you need to. Like you know, during a three-month period you know, during COVID, some people use it for six, some people use it for 12, depending on the situation. And then just let go of the stuff. How important was agility and flexibility in your entrepreneurial journey from the initial vision of what you thought this would be based on what the market was telling you and how it was responding and your evolution? Oh, it was critical. We've lived through the saying where you fail and you fail fast. Initially, when we launched uh, the product that we had 
go-to-market, a B2C model where we had suppliers and we were a marketplace offering consumers and businesses access to the product, we realized that that was not scalable. And it's all about pivoting as quickly as you can to the biggest opportunity available and going full steam ahead when it comes to that. How did MIC enter into your picture? Towards the middle of 2021, as you know, high growth business, we're purchasing assets on a daily basis. We need capital to keep on growing. So we were always looking for potential funders for our business. And uh, we came across an ad on LinkedIn. And we also received an email saying that MIC is now launching a program called Kulisane, looking for high growth technology driven black owned businesses. And we looked at the requirements. We said, actually, we know we meet the requirements, so we should apply. And we were fortunate that a few months later, we were notified that we have been shortlisted by MIC and there's going to be a process that needed to be followed thereafter. And yeah, we were one of the lucky ones, one of five that MIC invested in as part of Kulisane version one. And we haven't looked back. What was MIC's commitment to Rentosa, Cynthia? MIC committed 20 million rand to Rentosa. And the purpose of that money was to facilitate their growth. At the time, they had a number of ideas in terms of different product lines they wanted to go into, as well as different geographies in the long term that they would like to explore. So our money was really aimed at assisting them to achieve their growth prospects. For MIC, is it just about money, the bottom line? So for us, obviously, as an investor, we are looking to make impact but make impactful returns. But when we look at Mikulisani Ventures entities, we provide the money, but we also want to be partners with them in terms of helping them grow their businesses, both in terms of our experience, but also in terms of our own networks. The other thing that is critical for us, and we see this as a sign of our success in terms of funding these businesses, is where by us being investors in the businesses, they're able to attract further funding from institutional shareholders that will add to the pot in terms of assisting them to grow. And what has the impact of that 20 million rand been on Rentosa? Well, it's been tremendous, uh, Bongani. It's enabled the growth that uh, we had envisioned for the business. And it's been a productive journey for us. I mean, just besides the money that's enabled growth, the relationship with the MIC, with them becoming a board member and shareholder of the company, has also been progressive. I mean, whilst we have a new investor with a different lens, different way of looking at our business, initially provided friction, but actually that friction resulted in positive outcomes for the business. And we are where we are today because of that. Over and above that, we've met lots of new people in their portfolio companies in the broader ecosystem that's enabling us to work with new people, new companies to grow the business and form new partnerships. And uh, certainly the experts in corporate governance as well, given the, the years of, of doing and investing in large businesses. So the input on that in terms of building a structure and a framework to enable corporate governance and create a platform for us to access larger pools of funding globally as we scale this business has really been invaluable. What are some learnings that any would-be entrepreneur, anybody who's got an idea, the next Rentosa, what do they need to be thinking about to be able to access your funding? So there are a few learnings. I think the first for me is it's not just about having an idea. You need to have an idea that has become a product a product that has been tested in the market. So when we look at um, the individuals we look at for our program, we look at businesses that are post-revenue. And the reason is if you are post-revenue, it means you've taken your product or your service to the market and the market has responded positively and therefore you're able to earn revenue on that idea. The second thing you need to look at is that you need to be able to have the people to deliver on your idea or your product. So one of the key things we looked at, not just in terms of the founders themselves, but what are the people behind that that are then able to deliver on, on the idea or the product or the service? 
then what is very important, and we keep talking about this um, in, in our conversation, is really around scalability. If the business is not scalable, it cannot grow, which means it can therefore not be sustainable. So if you're an entrepreneur, ask yourself, how can I scale my business? How can I grow my business? Then ultimately, Bongani, if you have all of these ingredients and possibly more, is then how do you pitch it in a succinct way to be able to attract a funder? What we found was that a number of the individuals that presented had good ideas, but they had a lot of ideas. They hadn't quite articulated what is the problem statement they're trying to address and what is that delivery that they're trying to get to the market. So it's important to crystallize what it is exactly that you're taking to the market. We're two foreign toes are from here. Well, we have a bold vision and ambition, uh, Bongani. We want to be the biggest uh, subscription service in the world. It's a long journey to get there, but I think we can do it quicker than we think. But it's going to take a huge galvanized effort, not just from those within Rentosa, also our suppliers, our vendors, our investors and future funders to really buy into our vision and align with it so that we can enable the growth that we want to enable in the coming years. I mean, we have plans to expand to other African countries and then eventually to develop markets across the world. And if you look at the product we offer and the service, there's no reason why it's not applicable in every single country in the world. Access over ownership, flexibility, and a lifestyle that really speaks to where the world is going in future. I need a new phone. (laughs) We got you. (laughs) Well, I'll hold you to it, Rentosa. Big dreams and the big ways to achieve them. Thanks for joining me and Rentosa co-founders Avi Ramdani and Mishan Ratan, as well as MIC's Chief Financial Officer, Cynthia Pongweni. Whether you're a startup looking to impress investors or you're looking to invest early in a potential unicorn but aren't sure what qualities to look for, there are countless gems of knowledge throughout this entrepreneur's journey with MIC Podcast. I'm Bongani Bingwa. Thanks for joining me. The Entrepreneur's Journey with MIC was brought to you by the Mindworkers Investment Company, your active equity partner. Catch new episodes on 702.co.za or your favorite podcast app.